Voice. What is it? Voice can help writers express themselves in different ways. Everyone has a different writing voice. It can take a while to discover your voice. Today, we will traverse the great jungle of voice and what our voice means to us. We welcome you to Rolo's Writing Room. Guys, it's Marissa, and my fun fact is that I can say the alphabet backwards. You can? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Can you provide an example? Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-D-F-E-D-C-B-N. Wow. Good job, Marissa. I can't. <laughs> Hello there. I'm Abby, and once I walked out of a library and saw a car on fire. Was this the Marion Library? No, no, it was in like Zanesville, wow. two hours away from here. Yeah, happened several years ago. It was cool, cool, but not for whoever owned the car. Well, yeah. Hopefully, they had insurance. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm Liberty, and my fun fact is that I had a little bit of a dressing of like an emo phase, like a darker clothes. It only happened for like six weeks, and then I came to the school. And I was like, mm, maybe not. Let's dig further into what voice is. So, what does voice mean to you? Um, it's how you express yourself in writing. It's molded by your experiences, what media you consume, and you can like manipulate it to your liking. It can take a while to find your voice, but it comes easier to some. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Voice. What is it? To moi, it means your writing. There's not much more to it. It's how you want to present yourself in your writing. Do you want to sound more light and happy? Um, use smaller and brighter sounding words. To me, the voice is like an artist's art style. Yes, they are similar, but all of them are different. To me, voice is your writing personality. It's how you piece words together and how your sentences flow. A writer that has a more fairy tale sounding voice might have flowier sentences than a writer who, say, has a more futuristic voice. Now that we have an idea of what voice is, let's find out how we sound when we write. Uh, just a friendly reminder, if you're confused by anything, it's probably because um, the book is based off of chess. If you hear stuff like pawns, it means uh, pawns, I guess. Queen Isabel and King Lyle stood in the king's tent, soaked to the bone and with dark moods to match the sky outside. I hate the rain so much, King Lyle complained. It always messes up my hair. He took his velvet domed crown off and brushed the blonde strands out of his face. Tell me about it, Queen Isabel murmured, trying desperately to flatten down her long curly locks. The humidity does very strange things to mine. So, do you have a plan for what we are to do when the battle resumes? Asked King Lyle as he plopped his crown back on his head, apparently satisfied with the condition of his hair. Queen Isabel eyed him. Do you have a plan? King Lyle threw his hands up in the air. No, of course I don't. We agreed that this was to be your job. I handle talking to people. You handle the grand scheme of things. It's quite simple, really. Oh, I only assumed you had a plan because of the fact you sent one of our knights out without asking me about it, Queen Isabel said airily. 
Look, it seemed an excellent idea to me. Scare all the pawns, maybe throwing the enemy into submission. A win for us, if you know what I mean. I see your point, King Lyle, but it's not enough to distract from the fact that those pawns were not scared at all. Far from it. They walked right up to him, screaming and hollering. They tried to feed his horse carrots, for goodness sake. If that's not a bold move, I don't know what is. Well, in theory... Queen Isabel rolled her eyes. Yes, yes, I get it. Your plan worked in theory. But guess what, your majesty? I'm afraid we don't live in this magical place called theory, where all of your plans work. We live in the real world, and we have only two knights in our entire army. We cannot afford to lose one so early in the battle. That was a terrible blunder, sir. We are to make a few more of those. I'm afraid we shall lose this fight. Ooh, nice. You have serious but funny parts, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that in your writing. It makes it like still interesting to like like it's not too serious because your dialogue is sometimes a lighter tone, and I like mm-hmm. that. It's a bit dry, deadpan. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the funny yeah, with the mm-hmm. fu- yeah. I, I I appreciate that all of it. I like, like how you're talking about battle and you just bring up that the humidity does weird things to people's hair. <laughs> like, I can 100% relate to that. My hair, like, becomes really fuzzy. Yeah, I mean, it works out okay, but in the tense scenes, my writing's just a mess. Tonal mess. Really? Yeah, it's weird, okay? So King Lyle is funny, but he's like, why? Why are you like this? I think it's we all have funny. a character like that. Okay. I'm reading my character. Okay. I'm just going to go with this part. So, a little bit of backstory. This is back to I don't have an issue because it's a funny. It's not funny. It's not <laughs> funny. You're about to find out. It's not that funny. But um, uh, who is it? Okay. It's Zara. And they're making her go to therapy. So, But she wants to sound a little crazy on purpose for the therapist. She wants to sound like she's you know, a little insane. So, <laughs> just continuing this one. Okay, here we go. A little tingle that urges me to keep going, to step out of my boundaries. Tasty. Have you ever eaten any of your kills? I use a pouty face. Only a little bit. How are they supposed to know? I'm not a bad girl. The man is writing practically at the lightest speed. I'm almost about to break character. So, do you like the taste of humans? Yep, it's quite a delicacy. You should try it. The man nods. Do you like to kill people? Yep, I want to do it more. In fact, I want to kill you. The man stops writing and looks at me in complete horror. I smile. Don't worry, it's not the right time. The man stares at me in fear. Honey, everyone dies eventually. In fact, when I snap my fingers, someone from this planet is dead. I snap my finger and that brings him out of his trance. He gets back to writing. This is fun. Wes would have liked this game. The man stops writing and sighs. How do you feel about killing Evie? The air gets sucked out of me like a sunker punch. I loved Evie. I didn't want to kill her. She was so kind. She didn't deserve to die. I'm a monster for hurting her. I ruined her life, her parents' lives. I take a deep breath. She was just so cute. I wish I could have seen the blood come out of her. I laugh, a creepy laugh. I hate this. I shouldn't be laughing. It's all my fault. I'm a monster. Okay, how did you feel about deceiving Max? Like a horrible snack trying to make him eat an apple to death. 
He was just so cute. And I love those seamy kisses before death. It's poetic, especially since I killed him. How about all that gore? I threw up and I can't eat certain foods anymore. It was cool, like beautiful artwork. I just wanted to eat it up. You're a character, Zara. The main one, I smile. No. Now, how did you react when they said you had to do this for the rest of your life? Lost, confused, sad, angry? Happy! This is the best job for me. How do you feel about boot camp? A little sad. I just want to get to the killing part, you know? Danny sighs. Yep, I sure do. Do you miss your parents back in Ohio? All the time. I miss them to the point of tears. I want to talk to them so bad it hurts. I love them and I can't see them. They are what keep me human. They held me back in life. I'm glad to be here, so I chose not to pay any attention to them. Why do your parents disagree with you? Here's my made-up story. They were always so happy. They never were sad. So when I was sad, I always thought they never understood. Like they couldn't accept me when I was sad. They always told me to keep a smile on your face and act happy. If you act happy, you'll be happy. So I tried that. I started to get bullied for my red hair, my height, my eye color. But I always kept a smile on my face. But there was something bubbling underneath the surface. I was angry. So angry. So I told my parents I wanted to kill people. That people made me angry. That I couldn't be happy. Then they started to take me to therapy. None of it helped. It made me angrier. But they would never accept that feeling. So I started to act happy again. I wanted them to accept me, you know. But that didn't happen. So when I was given this job, I left without even saying goodbye. I hate them. So I'm glad I'm here now. I realized that I'm crying. It throws me off guard when he hands me a tissue. I must have really gotten into my character. Maybe because parts of it are true. My parents were always happy and always told me to smile when, it, even though I didn't feel like smiling. When I was little, I was bullied for my height and my hair, but I never hated my parents. I still don't. Yeah, sure. I do get mad at them sometimes, but I will always love them. Danny nods. Okay, let's end here. I nod and walk out. What am I going to do? Life is so confusing. That's it. It's a lot. Yeah. Wow. I have no idea. I wrote that. I totally forgot. <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> that was a while ago. Zara's the character. The main one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wrote her that way. Uh, okay. So it may have not made sense, but Evie is a little girl she had to kill. I remember mm -hmm. Evie. And Max, she had to kill Max, but the way she killed him was seducing him to go into a part of Hawaii. Well, they have sharks, right? Mm -hmm. So they wanted to go into this little cove that she knew there was sharks in, but he didn't mm -hmm. know, Max. Mm -hmm. So she, like, kissed him. And then, like, brought him into the cove to do, I don't know, whatever you do in coves. Um, and, yeah, he died. A gory, gory death of shark. <laughs> nice. But yes, how okay. poetic. Yeah. Good? Yep, that's More my discussion? Ready. I'm trying to get my opinion together. <laughs> um, not a lot of descriptions. More, more feeling. I agree. I don't like describing as much as I like describing <laughs> feeling. There's never a dry moment in your writing. 
And I like that. I try my best because I can't write dry. I'm just like, what am I doing? There's always like something happening and I appreciate that because like that as a reader would keep me reading. Thank you, Rissa. Yes. You ready, Marissa? I gotta find mine real quick. Okay. You're right. You're right. Am I allowed to go? Yes. Mine's a lot shorter than all of y'all's, so Sorry, mine was long. It's okay. <laughs> mine's like a page, but I I forgot I wrote this and I really like it. Okay, go ahead. I wake up in the middle of the night. As soon as I closed my eyes, I fell asleep and a dream started. I was walking in the middle of City Central. All of a sudden, I heard a voice. Sweetie, it's me, the voice said. I turned around and saw my mother. I ran up to her and tried to give her a hug. Instead, she backed away. No, you can't touch me, she said. Why? I haven't seen you in over ten years, I ask. But if you had kept up with me, you'd be safe, she answers. But I am safe, I say. No, you're not. This place is dangerous. You'll find out why soon, she says. What does that mean? I say. My mom starts to disappear. No, please don't go. I need to know. I yell, and she's gone. There's an eerie quiet now, and it's so cold. I hear footsteps coming up behind me. Mom, you came. I say as soon as I turn around. But it's not my mom. It's my brother. And he looks so skinny, he's almost a skeleton. I gasp. You. He points a finger at me. You did this to me. He walks toward me with a look of hatred on his face. But you gave me your food, Ari, I stutter, because one of us was going to die if I didn't. But you never once, once offered me your food, he asked. He's in my face now. How could I have known? I was five, I yell in his face. He shakes his head and he starts to disappear too. Well, are you going to have my dad come at me too? Huh? I yell into the night. All I hear is a bang and I'm sitting upright in an alley in Red Sector. Whoa. Where is it? That was cool. You, you foul, innocent, holy <laughs> cockroach. Hermione, no. It's not worth it. <laughs> Sorry, that's what that reminded me of. Uh, that was dark and cool. I so, forgot I wrote that, and I really like it. So is your is the mom dead? Yes. Okay. All of them I are thought. dead. Okay. Like her mom, dad, and brother. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Isn't her mom alive in the first chapter? Yes, and okay. then, well, I guess she goes missing. Like, they never got see it. her again, so it's assumed she's dead. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool, 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 cool. I understand now. That's <laughs> cool. So, from hearing what you write, it's always a little darker, but it's always very well written. Oh, well, thank you. Always. It's never sounding bad. It's always, like, one of those where you're like, whoa. I can relate, like, that's cool. Like, I can relate to that, but, like, it's not my story, and, but it's, like, really dark, and I like it. I like your writing. It's lot. pretty to the point. Yes, it is pretty yeah. to the point. And I appreciate writing. That's pretty to the point. I don't like going around, like, skirting on the topic, like, yeah, just beating the bush. Just tell me, like, I there's agree. no point. That's why I can't read mysteries. They get me too stressed out when I read <laughs> mysteries. I used to love mysteries when I was little, but like mm-hmm. now I can't handle it because my brain's like, mm, don't know what's going on. Don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But great writing, guys. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's all for segment one. Next, we'll talk about authors and their voices. But first, a quick ad break. Bidoop. Why they call us 
now installs near you. Bask in the scent of a freshwater swamp with a new creature marine line. It was weird. The sun was weird too. But now, catching frogs is easier than ever. They just follow me wherever I go. But really, they won't get away from me. My wife won't come back until the frogs go away. But they're starting to multiply. Bye, boy. They're now. Leonardo Delicious. Welcome back, and we will now be moving into segment two of Rolla's Writing Room. We will be discussing our favorite types of voices in the great reading jungle. What voices inspire you guys? I think mine changes, but at the moment, I really like fast-paced, mysterious type of writing. Like, kind of how I was writing. Mm-hmm. I can't really stay focused when I'm reading a book with, like, really long descriptions. Amen. In, like older books and they would take like a page to describe like rolling hills or something like that <laughs> just say rolling hills like it's not <sighs> an author that i really enjoy is natalie d richards her writing is paced well enough that you don't have like chapter after chapter of boring descriptions and mm-hmm. stuff like that and but she also puts like enough action into it that yeah. makes you want to keep reading um she writes thrillers and you can tell she puts a lot of work into planning out who did it and how they did it and make sure it's not really that obvious. I really hate books where you can easily tell who did it because then it's like, why? I'm, why there's no point yeah. in reading the book. I totally agree. I can't um, stand books that take like two pages to mm. describe the beautiful mountains and the sunset because that's so cool. No, I like action books. I prefer mm-hmm. them. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. So for me. Um, it really depends on how I feel at the time. When I read heavier types of writing, I have to take breaks to process what's going on. I don't know why, but if I get done getting off, like, um, reading a really big book, I go in, like, a reading coma where I'm like, I can't read right now. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot easier for me to enjoy, um, reading a story that has a voice that's more light and happy. Not that I enjoy books with like kills and heavy topics. <laughs> I do, but when I have to take breaks from them, like I said. Like in the Hunger Games, where you know how big parts happen, then she's on a little break, then a big yeah. part happens, then it's on a little break, because that's just how it's how it was. It's a Hunger Games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that book, and I, I think I read it in like three days. It was cool. Um, those contractors help me get through those really big moments, and that's why my writing is sometimes a little wishy-washy, when it needs to be kind of like a wave, you know, like mm-hmm. flowing, but instead it's like, like the slide, slide, <laughs> a wave. I'm doing wave motions right now, but you can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's mine. <laughs> I like witty books, ones that are kind of funny, but like... I get that from your You don't writing. need mm-hmm. to get the joke. Yeah. And not descriptors, but not too many descriptors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe is so bad with descriptors. Oh, my gosh. I, I tried reading The Pit and the Pendulum. He would not stop describing the candles. Please move on, <laughs> sir. You are about to die. <laughs> and But, like, uh, you know when, like, sometimes the book is written in third person, but the narrator will sometimes talk to you? Like, they're not in the story, but they'll talk to you. I like mm-hmm. that. It's comforting You kind of see it in movies, right, where they yeah. kind of talk before they start or it. Or, like, theater. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like sometimes they'll provide additional information on a character or something that's unrelated to the current subject, but it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and also give you bits of foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, but the protagonist would never return to this particular location. Like that always kind of. Oh like, my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I just I, I read a book last year that was like that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I can relate. I feel like a few good examples of this are How to Train Your Dragon by Cresta Cowell and The Incorrigible Children of Ashton Place by Mary Rose Wood mm-hmm. and Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians by Brandon Sanderson. I, I like the movies of the first two. <laughs> I haven't read the book. <laughs> the Incorrigible Children of Ashton Place has a movie? Am I thinking about... You're thinking of the... the, 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 the there's another one. Okay, yeah, never mind. I like How to it's Train like Your Dragon. The, but they have a lot of weird kids there. <laughs> There's yeah. one that, like, okay, and, like, it, she, like, takes, like, one of these, like, drumsticks, and she puts it to her back of her head, and her head goes, like, chop, chop, chop. I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> it, it was interesting. Oh. I'm like, oh. What's it called? Miss Peregrine's School for Yes. Yeah, that's not what the incorrigible children of Ashton Place is about. I mean, it kind of sounds the same. I, I get where you're coming uh-huh. from. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, One thing I can tell about all of our, like... In- First period band students, please report to the media center. First period band students. Thank you, Mrs. Mooney. Yeah, okay. <laughs> thing, one thing I can tell about the voices that inspire us, we kind of, like, take that and definitely put it into our writing because, like, I know the voices I like and inspire me are definitely how I write, mm-hmm. and I can tell that with you, too, too. I love writing. I like mm-hmm. reading. So mm-hmm. this is fun. Sometimes I want to go back, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should start writing again. But and not not 100,000 ever again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never, ever. At least in a month. No. Yeah, at least in a month. <laughs> Maybe in like two. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or a year, even. Or a year. A year would be good, too. Well, I think we've discussed it all. Thank you guys for sitting in on our two segments. Signing off from Rolo's Writing Room. Woo. Bye. Welcome to Tara's Dark Psychic Corner Store. Oh, what do we sell? Maligras. Or, in your terms, turkeys or whatever. Why do we sell turkeys? What do you want to know? We sell turkeys for each subgenre, from cottagecore turks to romantic goth gobblers. We're kind of like Build-A-Bear, if Build-A-Bear wasn't for posers. Buy band tees for your favorite bands. Red Hot Chili Peckers to My Chemical Ravens. Oh, why would you buy turkeys from us? You know, maybe your turkey doesn't understand you. Maybe it isn't like other turkeys. But when our turkey safe eyeliner streams down his face, you know you got a turkey that really gets you. Come down to Tara's dark second quarter store. Or don't. 
I don't really care. 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 Welcome back to Sage Wisdom with your host Sage. Today's episode 12 and I seem to be a chameleon. My hair refuses to say one solid color. Today I'm sitting at the mic with bright red hair and who knows which color it'll be next. Today our guest is Kendra, a past student of Mr. Rolla who also participated in NaNoWriMo how, how many years in a row? Three. Three years in a row. How are you doing, Kendra? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long day, so I'm excited to get home. Yeah. <laughs> this is recorded, like, directly after school. I'm tired. So, I ask, like, everybody that is on Sage Wisdom to summarize their novel. But, again, you've participated in NaNoWriMo, like, three years in a row. So, uh, do you have, like, separate novels, or have you... Okay. Oh, yeah. It's okay. three or four separate novels, I think. Because I think I did two one year, because I was trying to get up to 60,000 words. Which mm. I did, by the okay. way. I did do that. And um, still beating Mr. Rolston, I'd like to point out. Oh. <laughs> but, um, okay, so pick your favorite or the easiest to summarize or the easiest to summarize and summarize that for me. Probably my favorite would be the one that I did my first year when I first introduced this to Mr. Rolston. It would be my story with one of my main characters, Estella Hum. She is a... That is a name. I know, right? Fancy name. It is, um, she is a young archer and an outlaw. And she, her mother was murdered when she was younger. Mm, and she great, was blamed for it. Great start to any story. I know, right? Any great childhood. <laughs> so um, she had to, she goes through the novel trying to prove to everyone that she is innocent of the crime of uh, murdering her mother. But there are other there are other crimes which she is guilty of, like oh. stealing stuff like that, like Robin Hood type. Beat. I yes. didn't kill that man. I just robbed his body. <laughs> like, yeah, um, that is silly. So, do you have like, well, not silly. You know what I meant. <laughs> do you have like any general summarization of the other books? Um, one I had. One was a dystopian, my attempt at a dystopian sci-fi type thing. And my main character, Maeve, was a chess player. And she, um, her father got ill um, with something. I never figured out quite what he got sick with. That's always, like, in the Monster Calls, we read that. They did, they, did they flat out say she had cancer? I think so. I f- but at the beginning, they were kind of like dancing around just saying she had cancer. Mm-hmm. And that was always like, bro, <laughs> you're allowed to say that a character is like sick with something, you know? Yeah. I just like, I couldn't figure out what he was sick with. But um, it's she- a lot of restriction once you finally get to the point. <laughs> she had to go across basically the world. And like, I was creating this world from like scratch. So it was like a bunch of world building and like stuff mm-hmm. that I wasn't like completely new to me. So bad at work. I know, it's so hard. But um, she had to go across our world. She meets a um, sailor. And those two, they go and they try to find a cure for her father. But Mm. ultimately, it is still not able to save her father. R.I.P. Sorry, sorry, I giggled. Um, I feel like every other episode of this, I don't know. Have you listened to the podcast? I haven't had the time. How dare you? No, I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's been on my, like, to listen to list for like ever i mean it's it's whatever but like on every other episode i basically touch on grief because i've noticed in here's here's the things i've noticed about asking people to summarize their nano books dystopian somebody dies 
those are the two. I, I, I ended that sentence weird, but those are the two. It, it's dystopian or somebody dies or both. Because a lot of people use grief as a character arc mm-hmm. to like get somewhere. And it's so human as well. It's so you. It's like relate, relatable. It's if the, I can speak. In my opinion, I think grief and like that exploration of grieving something, whether it be a person, whether it be sight, whether it be um, a sense, whether it be a friendship. Yeah, grief is a very raw and human emotion that you can just like do so much through. And there's a bunch of different ways to experience and write it. So mm-hmm. it's like it's a lot. I wouldn't say it's easy because i feel like a lot of people would just default to being like oh you can just use you can just use grief to like make a character like no that's a good way to explore a character's personality mm-hmm. in general or how they overcome things like i don't know because what's cool is you have grief when you kind of have that defining your character and from that you can have secondary characteristics so for example with my novel with tella stella hum in my first one um, her like main thing is she's grieving over her mother and she never gets closure for her murder. Yeah. Like she knows, like she knows who closure, did it. She knows dude. what happened, mm. but no one believes her. And so through that, we see other secondary traits. She's angry all the time. She um, is like very focused on single-minded, very like narrow track tunnel vision yeah. type characters. <sighs> like exploration of grief can just make a novel a novel. Mm-hmm. My in my nano my nano book was just sad. Like that was a whole thing. It was just sad. It was a whole look outlook on mental health, and this kid like goes through so much grieving, and he never really like accepts it for himself. So it's a lot of distancing and a lot of dissociation Mm -hmm. in a way. So being able to have grief kind of as this, it's like a little seed. And you can plant the grief seed and it'll give you so much more things you can do. So much more growing processes or not growing processes and it goes to mm-hmm. poop. But <laughs> yeah, you get the point. So um, I have another question. So again, you've been doing nano- NaNoWriMo for three years. What brings you back to it? Like what makes you keep wanting, I want to do NaNoWriMo? <laughs> well, problem is I didn't do it last year. Oh, um, not consecutive years, but not- three years. <laughs> Actually, I did my freshman year. No, not my freshman year. I did it eighth grade, my freshman year, my sophomore year. So yeah, three years. Okay, three years. Three years. I was not right. consecutive, but three years. And then I didn't do it my junior year. So because I was busy, I was like, mm-hmm. fair warning. When you get to your junior year, it's gonna suck. Yeah. Don't let anyone. <laughs> I'm assuming. I mean, I'm not excited for high school. Don't worry. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Junior year sucks because you have generally your hardest classes. Mm-hmm. You have the ACT to study for. Uh-huh. I had a lot of leadership responsibilities within the band and oh, all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. That, oh, my God. I couldn't. Um, I, yeah, so I had to, like, put together a show for, the, um, for Friday nights. I had to um, – so I was putting together shows. I was trying to do homework. I was trying to do trig. It was just – it was an ordeal. And I was – Side tangent, but still, like, important like, side tangent. I was struggling with – a lot of um just like mental health issues and like anxiety and all of that and yeah. I just it was just too much to do it in Pardon the interruption. We'll okay pause be serious right now <laughs> okay let's just keep talking until it okay um what was i gonna say i think when i interviewed van van Duranen, or 
that is how you're saying her name, so I'm going to say it very fancily. When I interviewed her, she said that the reason she started writing was because she was dealing with something outside of it and was like, I gotta, I, I want to deal with this, but I don't want to actually deal with it, kind of. Don't want to mm-hmm. go to therapy, so I'm going to write it down. Yeah, that was my biggest regret, is that I did not continue writing throughout all of this, like, all that I was yeah. struggling with. Because I was, like, I was doing a lot, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't home because, like, a week of my life would be school from, like, 7.45 to 3. A lot of school, yeah. Lots <laughs> of school. So, like, on a Monday, I would go to school, and then I would go um, home for maybe 30 minutes, and then I would go straight to work till, like, 9, 9.30. Mm. Tuesday, yeah. it would be, or or during the marching band season, it would be practice. Oh it would be <laughs> practice from 3 to, like, six seven late enough <laughs> way too late and then i'd go home quickly dinner crash tuesdays would be like um school work home wednesdays would be wednesdays would be my one day off where i could go to school that's, and then i had an hour to nap before i had to leave for church yeah that's crazy to me like i and then rinse and repeat thursday friday saturday was usually my longest shifts it'd be like from like four o'clock five o'clock till 10 10 30 sometimes even closing Oh my, NaNoWriMo, that's why I think it's such like a dedication thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really impressive like that people are able to do that because there is a lot on students' shoulders mm-hmm. and a lot of people's shoulders in general. And it's impressive that you're just able to like spit out 50,000 words and like it works. <laughs> and um, what really sucked is I did not have the time to read. I did not have the time to write. And I just had so much inside that I couldn't get out. Yeah. And it was just, it was... It was a big regret of mine that a lot of my writing went down um, my junior year. Just a lot of pressure can stop you from doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you, Rollo doesn't believe in writer's block, which, okay, whatever. I believe in artist block. Art block. He, he, I'm not even going to listen to his side tangent about writer's block, but mm-hmm. I believe in art block. And again, I'm an artist. Well, no, I haven't told you that. I'm an artist. I made, like, those things, whatever. Um. When I'm, like, really stressed out, a lot of the time I will stray really far away from doing anything, like, at all Mm -hmm. that I enjoy because I just got to do what I need and then just crash. So a lot of that can be put back to NaNoWriMo in a way. If I'm making this one, hold on. (laughs) I'm going on a side tangent here again. But, yeah, like, a lot of the pressure can stray you far away from writing and getting those ideas down and all that which I think it's impressive that you came back to it because after all that I would have probably just been like nope <clears throat> I'm good I'll pass bye yeah I've I've only recently really started writing on the regular again um you can ask Mr. Rolston I used to send him like little short stories and like little like chapters and excerpts of my books mm-hmm. all the time it'd be like once a week sometimes sometimes it'd be like once a day he'd be getting like all of these like short stories and it was just like so much stuff he didn't read all of them. I'd like to point out that this is the first time the audience is hearing Mr. Rollo's full name. I find that funny. Anyways, continue. Um, so I would send all of these and sometimes get in response, sometimes not. And um, and then it just like stopped. I got so blocked and stressed and just writing like kind of just like faded away from my top important things yeah. to do. Writer's block is an excuse, huh? Huh, Mr. Rollo? Okay. <laughs> he gets on me about this all the time, and it's agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree, yeah. But um, he also reminded me of one of my favorite author's quotes. I don't know if he's told you much about Kafka. Uh, I've heard about him. <laughs> but I've Kafka said, it. a non-writing writer is um, someone courting insanity. 
or something along those lines. I think I quoted that correctly. But um, hopefully, I want to know. <laughs> it's I'm sure if you like put it into Google, you could like find the correct yeah. quote, probably more eloquently than I put it. Um, Kafka, what, what? Put it again. Say it again. <laughs> um, a non-writing writer is I'm someone who courts insanity. Writer quote. A non-writing writer is a monster courting sanity. See? That is close. Insanity. I meant insanity, not sanity. But um, I found that to be so true. The more that I, like, just, like, didn't write and didn't creatively express myself, the more that my life got out of control, I feel like. It was just, like, so much going on. And I did not realize that, for me, writing was so therapeutic. Oh, yeah. Until something (laughs) happened to me and... um, I had a teacher who I was very close to, and he did something that, like, was completely out of character and, like, just broke my heart. Like, it mm. was, like, something, like, I trusted him. I told him things that I um, would have never told other teachers, and he did something, and it broke my heart mm-hmm. the way he did it, and I just wrote about it. And not only was it probably one of the best things I've ever written, but I felt so much better after getting it out. And I just feel like writing is such... Like, people say, oh, you're just making stuff up. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah, fiction is whatever. (laughs) But you're really not making things up. Oh, yeah. You're more writing about the human experience through characters who are parts of yourself. I have found that a lot of my characters are just parts of who I am with certain characteristics blown up or blown out of That is a great way to put it. That is a great way to put it. Uh, I... Oh, (laughs) I find myself like writing a lot of experiences, but like exaggerated Mm -hmm. or characterized, if that's the right word. And like there's like famous authors who will be like, don't write about yourself. Don't do self inserts. And I think that's like completely and totally like ridiculous. Yeah, You write the saying, write what you know, doesn't just apply to um, like writing about, well, for me, it'd be music because I know music really, really well. Yeah. Um, I'm going into music for a career, but um, it's writing about the experiences you've had, writing about grief and happiness and heartbreak and um, love and loss and all of these amazing, beautiful things that make us human. Like if I feel like if authors did not write from what they knew, then you wouldn't have any realistic characters at all. Like you wouldn't relate to a character mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like. Again, calling upon favorite authors, uh, Anthony Dower, who wrote All the Light We Cannot See, one of the greatest books that I've ever read. He didn't live through, like, World War II. He wasn't a blind girl in France. (laughs) But I have no doubt that some of those experiences that his characters went through, he either went through or was based on someone that he knew going through. I've I've heard a lot of stories of, um, like, authors taking real life experiences from mm-hmm. other people and then when they write about it the person's like hey why'd you do that and there's a problem there. like jk rowling the reason that we have dementors today in harry potter is because those were the uh personification of her depression and uh the reason that we have a lot of absurdism from kafka and Camus and all those fantastic authors yeah and um calvino is because of things that they went through yeah it's without making it personable if that's is that the right term for that is that the right term for that i'm not sure i don't know okay without making it like human without adding that personal touch to it it's not it just doesn't hit you like a right like writing should right because i've noted like there's books i have like a tier list in my head of like some (laughs) of the greatest books i've ever read and the without a 
without fail, the greatest books I've ever read are also the ones that are the most human, about yeah. the most like mundane and just like things that are really like everyone experiences, but they don't realize they experience. Yeah. And then like, it can also be like absurd. You can find humanity in the absurd. Um, like drawing on Calvino, one of the first story I read from Calvino was The Baron in the Trees. And it's about this kid. Um, he's a baron. He's like the son of a baron. And he, <laughs> and he goes and he gets mad at his parents. And he goes and he lives in a tree for the rest okay. of his life. Awesome. And he promises himself that he'll never touch the ground. And it's actually really, it's a really good book. And he goes through with it. He doesn't touch the ground from the moment that he goes up there until the moment he dies. He, um, the way they write the end of his um end of the book is so amazing but like so no one goes out and like lives in trees like people yeah. don't live in trees obviously obviously it's a point of fiction i mean but you can... like we've all been there where we've been like angry little kids who are like my parents are so unfair like yeah i'm gonna run away and i'm gonna bring my graham crackers with me like yeah and i'm gonna go live outside for the rest of my life and like see how you like it yeah like you're a little like little thing of rebellion yeah like little creature of Ugh. <laughs> and it's like taking that like very childish very like thing that we know isn't true and that's why the parents go like okay you do that honey okay, I'll, see have you fun. <laughs> I'll see you tonight for dinner yeah and he took that and he just like blew it up and out of proportion and it is so good <laughs> just taking those little those little moments and turning them into whole things can just be so good so voluptuous. <laughs> not the right word but a good word i'll say yes that. so what gave you the inspiration? We already kind of touched on this, but what gave you the most inspiration for your um, novels? Reading, reading books, reading um, things from like my favorite authors. I love fairy tales. I love them. I love like Grimm's fairy tales. I stole one of Mr. Rolston's books. They are, um, it's Calvino's fairy tales. I don't think it's going to make it back to a shelf. Oh, probably not. Like it's, it's it'll just come to college with me. It's fine. Yeah. But um, I love fairy tales. Uh, Hans Christian Andersen, I was like a Disney kid. I grew up on Disney. Mm, yeah. So I love fairy tales. So I love retelling fairy tales. And I love taking those classic fairy tale endings. Uh, we touched on this. We touched on like rewriting in, mm -hmm. in one of the episodes. And just like taking parts of my favorite books and turning them and putting my own spin on them. Like I love Sherlock Holmes. Favorite, like I love Sherlock Holmes. I love the Sherlock TV show with Benedict Cumberbatch. I have... I have like a book that's like this thick and it's all of the Sherlock Holmes stories and it, I'm there we go. There it is. We found it. Let's get <laughs> I'm getting it on recording. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Why do they need to do this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad they didn't do it at school though, because I hate when they do it at school. Because it's so cold. One it's time, so cold. One time they did it when I was in gym, and I had to go out with my gym clothes on, and Whoa. I was so cold. Are you kidding? No, it was that so can't cold. Keep recording. How are we supposed to? Oh, just with the fire alarm in the background. <laughs> are you silly? Are you goofy? I'm. I'm glad I have these headphones on because then I would just be like. Oh my gosh, my manager actually put out the schedule. <gasps> what? That's crazy. It's time filler. I'm gonna start freestyling to the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, dang it. I started playing with the sounds. Okay, anyways. What, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, It was the, what gave you inspiration? You were, uh, right. Sherlock Holmes. We were talking about Sherlock Holmes. Right. Um, And I created a character that I really, truly loved. And she is a psychic. Um, So she, like, actually sees the future. But, obviously, like, she can't tell people she's psychic. Yeah. So she's, like, plays it off as she's this Sherlockian hero who uh like can tell uh, what is one of the his ridiculous quotes he can tell an engineer by his left thumb and a pilot by his tie like <laughs> that's one of the quotes from the sherlock tv show mm. and so she'll 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 like go on this like stupid like totally like rambling like um list of deductions that she <laughs> makes about like this is how i figured out this this is how i figured out this and then here's the red string tying it all together in a pretty mm-hmm. little bow and like they can't tell her she's wrong because she's right but like she's not actually making deductions it doesn't make sense it she's doesn't add a up. psychic yeah <laughs> so i just i thought that was so fun that is a yeah that's a that's a good concept i, I kind of um, love I that s- yeah um help with like scrolling through like the internet and like writing forums and stuff and taking sherlock and just putting my own spin on it and I kind of took, because in the books, it touches about him being a cocaine addict. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's like 18. Yeah, it's the 1800s. Set, this is this 70s. is average. Average. Sure. And like, he has his own like 7% solution or whatever. <laughs> and like, but like, all John Watson does is like, he gets a, don't do that. Nay, hey, stop that. Like, like <laughs> but like, this is the time where they're like prescribing like cigarettes to asthmatics. Yeah. And um, cocaine to like women who are like hysteric. Like, it's let's let's get some radioactive sips up in here. Beverages. Yeah. <laughs> so I took that and kind of pulling this from the Sherlock Holmes show. She is a recovering addict, cocaine mm. addict. So oh. that and that adds a whole new layer of like um, everybody to else's. her character and to all her act re- interactions because yeah. she is obviously a cocaine addict and she has like in the back of her mind it's always like i could so easily just go back into that i could yeah. so easily just slip back in the and addiction like, mindset just get and um just like go get high and just like escape everything yeah so riding that fight through with her and just like going through that and just having fun with um exploring that conflict is so fun and just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I already kind of asked that one, which was, I was given one of your notebooks. I did not have time to just flip on through it because a lot of things was, well, a lot of things were going on today. Understandable. But if you guys could see this in person, you have how many notebooks? I have three. One is my sacred writing time. I don't know if you still do that anymore. We do not. When I was, um, we should do that. When though. I was a kid, oh, so many years ago, <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, which is what? How long ago? Six years? Ish? You're yeah, in sure. 12th grade now, right? Yeah. So six math. Yeah. <laughs> six There's grade. a reason I almost failed trig. Um, <laughs> this was my sacred writing time notebook, and we'd take like 15 minutes out of our day because it was a blocked period, 15, 20 minutes, and we'd write. And so I just, I, I wrote. I just wrote all of this, and it was like obsessive. I was an obsessive child. And so that was cool. And then I was like, well... I don't like like I don't have a computer all the time, and I need to write because I have so many ideas. So the page front page broke off, <laughs> but I um, got a notebook, and um, these are all coloring pages. They are like from adult coloring books. Oh, oh! I was looking at them, and I was like, "Did they? Draw, did she draw?" No, 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 no. I draw stick figures. Oh. Okay, 
I draw stick figures. Um, these are all coloring pages, and I just tape them together, and like I tape random things in here, and I just write. I, I write love a lot. That. Like here is the breakdown of one of my stories. It's a plot. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's a beat plot. So like I can tell like um, like I don't know if you've seen the like Save the Cat writes a novel that, that that um plot thingy, my bobber. Yeah, that diagram. And it has, yeah, yeah, it has like the act one, two, and three, and it has like the opening image, theme stated, setup, catalyst, debate, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> all of that. The all is lost. Da 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 da. Dark night of the soul, which I always think is so fun to write. Like writing your characters at rock bottom. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, but it's like it's amazing. It's it's like my favorite thing to write because that's how that's literally like, my whole book. That's the whole it's plot. Like, <laughs> It's sad, but like also you can see like people come out of that, and yeah. I think that is so powerful. It and helps. Something that needs to be said is that you can. Um, it helps set up character development, yes. like character growth. Which is this, this episode on the first segment? I think is about character development, or maybe that's its voice. I think maybe the next episode. Next episode is about character development. My bad. But, Sneak um, peek. <laughs> and then I have like sticky notes and like sticky notes. Here's all like my editing. So like papers, like I wrote it all, and then I went crazy. back and edited, and all my stories are color coded because I'm just that fancy. Uh, and then this is the notebook that I uh, <laughs> let people walk through, and this one's really fun because it has random chapters of a random book that I don't remember writing. Mm, okay. And like pressed flowers and stuff. Oh, that's so cool. So just finding um, your inspiration through nature. And through um, just, like, being around. So I have, like, random things taped in here. Like, sticky notes. Because I collect sticky notes. I'm a sticky note fiend. And I just write them. And then I stick them on my wall. I love sticky notes, but I never use them. I just have them for no reason. And I love them. I use them all the time. <laughs> I will put them in books. I will, like, write it on and stick it on my I wall. I get more sticky notes for books They're specifically. Great. And so, like, right here I have a flower weed thing. A red cool. dead nettle. Ooh. And they're really pretty. <laughs> and, um... They're really pretty, and I used to go around uh, in elementary on recess, and I would go around the, like, fence and pick these because oh. they were really pretty. Yeah. And um, so I have them here, and then I have, like, an outline of a story um, based on, like, me going around and um, picking these flowers and just being kind of a lonely little kid. That's cool. And then um, just, like, random stuff. Random little... Mm -hmm stories there's this novel that i like focused on or this short story novella something that something. i just like focused on a i while. wrote it all the way a through while. like <laughs> you can see like as i'm flipping through like i have like these stories and like they get, out. um they get like interrupted by other ideas here's one of the drafts of estella's story that i was talking about earlier wow yeah fancy fancy i don't know if i can find fancy. it da, 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 da. so we are running at almost the 30-minute point, so <laughs> we're going to have to cut things short a little bit. So is there any, like, final little wishes or anything you want to say? I don't know, but, like, one thing that I definitely wanted to touch on that Mr. Rolson gave me the idea for is to save everything you write. Like, this is from sixth grade until now. This is all of my stuff written on paper. Dedication. I obviously have, like, an even even more like on a Google Drive. But this is all of the stuff I've written from sixth grade all the way up until like my sophomore year until I fell off the train. So like just save everything. And it's so cool being able to go through and like see how far you've come and like 
um, read your old works and like go back and think, oh, I know, I know where I was going with this story, and what, let's know what's happening here, <laughs> and like let's go grab this story again, or grab this character, or grab this plot line, and take it and move it here, and instead of going in this direction, we can go in this direction yeah, now. Yeah, change it up. So thank you mm-hmm. for being on the podcast with me, mm-hmm. and thank you guys for listening. And bye bye. Rello's Writing Room is the production of the 8th grade advanced English class at River Valley in beautiful Caledonia, Ohio, starring Abby, Marissa, Liberty, and Sage, with special guests Kendra, Jingle by Haven, music by Keith Whitty, and artwork by Sage. We would also like to thank our lovely teacher Rello and the staff of River Valley for making this possible. Of course, we want to thank our dads who take us here every morning. We really couldn't do it without them. See you guys next time. Bye!